0: Well, hi there, folks. This is Pastor Sharon Scott of Let Go and Soar Ministries, uh, based way up in Northern California. I know that you know that, but I just have to say it every time, don't I? (laughs) Um, Thanks so much for listening. Today we have something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to open up by just talking a little bit about my upbringing, and then I have a special surprise for you. So some of you do know my upbringing was a little bit rough when I grew up. I uh, was... Uh, abused by my father and my mom kind of participated in that too but fast forwarding um, got through that and got through my teenage years but in my teenage years received Christ as my Savior hallelujah glory to God and most people listening to that story think that the person that walked me through the sinner's prayer if you want to call it that i don't really like that term but the the prayer of salvation was an angel and it was in high school and so you you can excuse me you can listen to last week's uh or two weeks ago uh, program and hear that story it's it's pretty cool um So got through that, went to college, uh, learned what they could teach me, and then became a printer, yada, yada, got married, had three kids, um, moved on past that. And looking back now, what I realize is that I was incredibly, richly, and exceedingly blessed by Father God. Um, I didn't even see that. I really didn't. Uh, It's so easy to focus on the negative in our lives. And... And what I, uh, what I live for now is pulling the gold out of people. And I look back now and see that that's what God was doing for me. Um, I didn't even ask him. He just kind of did it, which is so cool. So I want to introduce you to somebody today. Uh, she and I are the same age. Uh, we live in the same country. But her beginning was very, very different from mine. Uh, However, our outcome, the outcome of our lives, who we are and whose we are, are pretty much the same. I want to welcome you, Okia Kim, to my little broadcast. God bless you and thank you for uh, agreeing to do this interview. Uh, You are just an amazing, godly blessing in my life and I love you.
1: Thank you, Sharon. Oh my goodness, you've been such a blessing to me. And uh, allowing this time of sharing um, what God, how God brings
0: us through things. Right, um, right. (laughs) For His glory. What I would like for you to do, if you're okay with this, is um, just tell us where you were born and how that, well, how that happened and, and what happened shortly after that. So I was born in
1: Seoul, Korea, right after the Korean War, and it was a civil war. North and south. And at that time it was it was almost the law for uh, the firstborn female um, that was not full-blood Korean to either be
0: left to die or to be put to death. Mm. I was left. And um, so you were not full-blooded Korean. It was you were um, you had mixture in there, and they, right. that was not acceptable.
1: My father, uh, later on, I, I realized I got to meet my biological father, who is an American citizen, okay? And is he
0: Asian in his uh, heritage, or is no. he?
1: He's a Alaskan,
0: American Alaskan. Oh! How incredible I is know. that? Yes. That is really cool. So you said that uh, the girls were left to die. How did, and is that what happened to you? That is what happened to me. Do you know the details about that? I do. Uh,
1: there was a, a woman that wrote down some things, sent it to the orphanage with wow. me. Wow. She. She, there's a dumping ground for babies. Oh, Lord have mercy. And uh, the rats had started in on me, and she, she saved me and um, pretty much
0: did the best she could to uh, bandage me up. Did she say why she saved you? Were there other... No. You no. just... It were highlighted to her yes
1: oh Lord and so at that point she took me to the orphanage in, in Korea Seoul, Korea okay and uh, that is the beginning of my my life mm-hmm. how old were you at that time i um, a newborn huh <clears throat> pretty much um, it doesn't really say,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, how long this this woman that saved me, how long she had me before she took me into the orphanage. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you ever see her again after no. that? Wow. Mm-hmm. So how long were you in the orphanage? Four years. Oh boy. Yeah. And do you remember anything about that time? What it was like to be in an orphanage in South Korea or Seoul, Korea? Yeah. Um, there's there were so many
1: children uh, after the Korean War and there was only a few people uh, Korean people that God had placed that didn't believe in um, what they were doing to the babies but there were some just a, a few people and so we, we didn't get the attention that, you know, as people would give our children, we weren't held, we weren't coddled. Mm-hmm. When we cried, nobody came. So eventually, we just didn't cry because we knew nobody was going to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, food was very, very scarce. We were lucky to get a meal twice a week. Um, so there was a lot of malnutrition, there was um, a lot of disease, because if you're a newborn, you're put in um, with all the newborns and, and
0: no diapers. Nothing. What did you... See, that concept is just so amazing to me. Not uh, having a baby with n- no diaper. I, I, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so you can imagine Whew. we had parasites inside and out. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's astounding. So how did you I mean obviously you were adopted. How did that come about? Um here in the United States, the uh, administrator
1: who uh, is uh, Dr. and Mrs. Rue uh, for these orphanages at that time came to America and and went to these churches, um, organizations and said, hey, We've got too many kids if, you know, the border is open right now for adoption. And they had all these books of all these cute little kids. Oh, sure. And my family picked out a picture of what they thought they were getting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> had somebody taken your picture and d- dressed you up or anything? Or? Well, they took pictures <coughs> of the cute little kids. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because they needed it to, to move us. So it may into... or may
0: not have been a picture of you, is what I'm right, saying.
1: Right, exactly. Wow. <laughs>
0: wow.
1: In yeah. fact, uh, the story that, in my family loves to reminisce. And so these memories I have dear to my heart. Mm. But when when I finally arrived in the United States, they looked at me, looked at the picture, and oh, went, no. "Wait a minute, this is not what we ordered." Oh,
0: oh <laughs> you know, boy!
1: I hardly had any hair. I had parasites. Like I Do you remember me. that? Um, I remember the stories that they told okay. me okay. how they looked at me the very first time and went, "Whoa, well, this is really..." and I know we can't send her back. Oh my know. goodness! <laughs> they.
0: They loved me. Um, wow. Yeah. So they didn't put you out on the street. They kept no, you. They and, kept and, me. And, and, and <laughs> so did you stay in the same home throughout your childhood I and, and uh, formative years going into high school and so forth? I did. You did. So, at what time uh, in your journey? Did you you had t- mentioned to me earlier, and I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but I remember you saying uh, just a moment ago that you didn't you weren't hugged, you weren't uh, given any form of affection when you were in the orphanage. Um, and I remember you sharing uh, earlier with me that the first time somebody tried to hug you, can you share that with us? <laughs> Yeah, oh, my
1: poor new family. Um, you know, their heart was um, in the in the place of, oh, we finally got a little girl, and we're going to just love her, and she's going to love us. It was, it was not like that. The first time they tried to hold me, I kicked them, I scratched wow. them, I used my fist, yeah. something to get away from it, because it physically hurt. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. be touched. Yeah. And so at that point, they I know I scared them because they kind of put me down and did this tolerant love because their dreams had been shattered mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah, that's... that's so how, uh, how did you learn eventually? And maybe you can't answer this question, but it's just kind of interesting to me. How did you, because you are one of the most loving people people I have ever met in my life. When did you come to the point of recognizing love? Um, the first time was my new mama.
1: Um, now, they put food in front of me. I, I had never seen so much food in my whole life. Oh, yeah. And um, they said that I crawled inside the refrigerator. I was smelling and tasting everything. Wow. They set me in the chair, and they put a plate in front of me, and it was food. And I took that food, and I was putting it in my pockets and down my shirt. Oh, and, wow. And I wasn't going to eat it. Right, cause right. Because I didn't know, because it was almost mean to me in the orphanage when they did feed us, because then we had hunger pain, and, and we just knew that there wouldn't be any more. So normally
0: you wouldn't have hunger pains? Is that what you're saying? Right, because God does something...
1: Extraordinary um, with our bodies that if you go a a period of time, that hunger pain goes away. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. But so my mom took, my brand new little mama took some rice and put it in my mouth. That's the first time I had a touch. Uh And I thought, oh, oh, okay, okay, that was food okay. Mm. That was okay. And that's how she kind of started feeding me um, with her touch mm-hmm.
0: and that went on for quite a while. I still wouldn't let them hold me though. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time or did you ever climb into someone's lap in your parents' lap or <laughs> or uh, hug them? I did. Um,
1: but. First, let me go back a little bit where sure. my cousins, uh, I was adopted into this huge American family. So there was dozens of cousins, and there were <laughs> little people like me, so I could relate to them. <laughs> but we were playing on a fence, and they had gotten stickers, and immediately they went to their moms. Mm-hmm. In their, and I was watching, and their moms were picking out stickers.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mean stickers, not, not like the decals that we stick on our notebooks. You're no talking stickers about in your hand. <laughs> from from
1: the ground and from plants the, and so forth. No, from the fence, the, the wooden fence. Oh, um, splinters. 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 Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I decided to do that. I went and I rubbed my hand on that wooden <gasps> oh. fence. I know. Silly little me. And I got it a sliver, a splinter, Ooh. and... Yeah, ouch, and I, so I ran to my new mama, and, and she took my hand, and I, I kind of resisted, but she took it, and she got that splinter out, and then she kissed it. Oh, my goodness.
0: Oh. And,
1: and I thought, (laughs) okay, step two. Yeah. Um, all right, this is not, Okay. But there was a
0: language barrier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, so she could, see, I didn't even ask that question. Right. Wow. I didn't know
1: English. <gasps> I didn't know Korean. Oh, my goodness. Um, so everything was kind of like sign, sign language. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Wow. Um, so it seems like maybe you were experiencing some love, but you just didn't know what it was. I didn't know. And... How long did it take you to begin to speak English to where you could communicate, do you think?
1: Um, probably till I was, I was probably nine. Right. Um, because of my little cousins, bless their hearts, teaching me how not to sound like an Asian. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and because my American family wanted me to become a naturalized citizen right, and in that you have to learn how to read and speak Mm -hmm. and
0: write, be able to communicate Mm -hmm. in English. So were you past the first five years of your life then when you began to learn English? Probably. It it didn't actually, I don't know. I didn't think it took that long. <clears throat> the reason I ask is it's a lot easier to learn the language... I was a linguistics major. Um, It's a lot. Kids are sponges. Mm -hmm. They really are. So you learned it a lot faster than any adult could possibly learn. But English is one of the, if not the hardest languages on the face of the earth for anybody to learn, especially if your mouth is not formed to speak these words the way we do. Um, It's just hard. So I, I chuckle it what you said about your cousins saying, no, don't say, because to an um, an, an Asian mouth, <laughs> L's and R's are just, just about impossible in the very beginning. And, and it takes a lot of hard work. It really does. But I'm so glad that you were young because obviously they did a great job. And so did you. <laughs> yes. Thank so my <clears throat> I asked you before about, um, well, no, I don't think I did. I, I was I was going to, but I kind of held off a little bit. Learning to recognize love um, and get comfortable with it. It sounds like you were on the journey to that.
1: Yes, I was on the journey. Now, um, my new dad, his, his mother lived uh, with us, and huge she was five feet tall five feet wide german woman (laughs) whoa and she had this rocking chair that she would rock and had this little squeak to it and she just she was so against them bringing um someone into their home that was a different color nationality she did not believe in adoption she would push me away she would kick me away she would not allow me to get close to her at all, uh-huh. which, at that point, I was used to being—you yeah.
0: know—all
1: of that. There was and nothing
0: it, odd about that to you. It
1: wasn't right. right. I just kept coming back for more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um,
1: and and then one day, I was just standing there looking at her, and I just I saw this change. She just kind of sat back, took a deep breath, opened up her arms, bent down, picked me up, and set her set me on her lap. Oh wow! And it was like this. She, oh, she was just so comfy.
0: Did you know what to do? I mean, no, it, I it just was, sat there. Yeah, <laughs> but you didn't feel threatened or anything, obviously, because you stayed there, right? Well, I didn't know. if, you, you kind of expect them to bump you off, or
1: sure, you know pick you up and put you down again but I stayed for as
0: long as possible because that was another feeling right. of comfort right oh yeah. wow what a godsend it sounds to me like it was as healing for her as it was for you I hope so you know so jumping a little bit ahead uh, in the journey to wholeness from the point where you couldn't even cry do you remember the first time that you ever cried You may not. I just Um, kind of... I do. You do? Yes. Um, You don't have to tell us what it was about, but I just was wondering the experience. Did you know what was happening? I mean... um, When I had my first daughter. Wow.
1: Yes. And um, just looking at her and realizing um, this is a part of me.
0: Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So here, Mom. (laughs) Wow. I automatically assumed it was going to be when you were an older child. Yes. So that was later. Yeah. Whoa. That's stunning. That's stunning. And now tears come very easily to you. I know that they do. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Jesus. (laughs) So speaking of Jesus, uh, so you're on a journey to wholeness, obviously, and, and I'm sure that it well, you know, really, to be fair, wholeness is something that I equivalent, uh, what What's the right word? I, I, uh, I equal to sanctification. It's a lifelong process. Oh, you know, we're not whole until we go home, right? Amen. amen. So, uh, so asking you about your journey to wholeness is really not a fair question, but. <laughs> Um, I would love to know about if you are conscious of the very first time you ever found out about Jesus. You met him. Your experience when he was a person to you, when you received him. Can you? What can you tell us about that? I, I was older, um,
1: and I, and I had experienced um, rejection, mm. and I was used to rejection, but after you've realized what love is a little bit, Mm -hmm. even though it's distorted in some areas, you you want more Mm -hmm. of that feeling. But I had been um, rejected Um, and uh, um, I got to a place in my life where I didn't want to live anymore. I, w- I just gave up on life. I gave up on everything. And I had it to where I was going to take my little girl with me. Wow. And um, so I was out at the Lake Coopers Gulch here in Trinity County, and I, I put my daughter down, and I went outside, and I said, if you are real mm. God if you're real you gotta show me
0: mm.
1: that's when he revealed himself to me that's the that's the challenge he never fails to meet amen yeah um, and he, and he came as a friend mm. not as a father mm-hmm. not as God but as a friend mm-hmm. and um I, I had a vision of him being so far away from me. But I had heard somewhere in my life that I had to come to him. I had to lay all my burdens at the cross. I had to. I had to. I had to. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even move. I was being pulled down into a dark pit. And I, and I kept feeling like I should give up. But it, I don't I need to find out what this light... And I knew it was God, but part of me felt like I couldn't get to Him because I I had to do all this stuff to get to Him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the light kept getting brighter and brighter, and, and, and I realized it was Jesus coming down off the cross, running, literally running as fast as He could to me.
0: Mm. Boy.
1: And... Um, he picked me up, and I became this little child, and mm-hmm. he just held me, and that was the very first time that I felt complete love, mm-hmm. and
0: all. And you the recognized burdens.
1: what it was. Yes, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was before mm-hmm. then. I had imagined mm-hmm. and came up with my own idea, but how people should love me and how I should love them and blah, blah. I think we all do that. And uh, so at that perfect moment, he showed me what true love was. Mm. It was unconditional. It was conditional. And it was him. And um, at that point, I remember saying, I surrender. Whoa. <laughs> I surrender.
0: Hallelujah.
1: And since then, God. he has never let me out of his
0: arms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can understand that, that feeling of being in the arms of Jesus at all, all times. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never not, from the time that I was, uh, you know, began my personal relationship with him to today, I have never, never been without that feeling. It is such an incredible blessing. You know, I've heard people say, "Uh, God, where are you? I feel like I'm distant (laughs) from God. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, that just rips my heart out. You know, because no matter how bad things got in my life, I just never felt distant from him. Well, I have to be honest with you, I... Even in my 40
1: years of, of God being that to me, there has been times that I have felt forsaken. I have felt abandoned. Mm. The truth now, mm-hmm. the truth, which always sets us free, the truth is God says, I will never leave you yes. or forsake you. Right. And in those moments, I've I've had to literally say, when my when my mind just gets boggled and I feel you know all sorts of things, I choose you, I choose you, Lord
0: Jesus, I mm-hmm. choose to believe that mm-hmm. you still got me. Exactly. You know. Yeah, I have. We were in a, a meeting somewhere, and uh, the facility the speaker said, find out what your nickname is. Um, from god and i knew what mine was mine's always been little one, oh. and there's been times when i have felt um distant <laughs> from god but remember i said i never felt him uh separated separated from me <laughs> but i have heard his voice saying little one turn around and i don't and i don't and i don't and that's when i feel that that just, you know, the little bit of separate, not separation, distance, and, and like, where are you, you know, that kind of thing, but then when I do turn around, I can feel Holy Spirit going, finally, now, can we get back to what we were doing, you know, that kind of thing, so I totally get you, I totally, so how are you, um, how are you i know you're in ministry can and we have just a few more minutes it may be that i'm going to have to call you back but That's i think fine, i right? probably will but real briefly um when did you feel called into ministry and what does that look like now i i can't even
1: tell you when when god actually called and i and i answered it, he just it, his word says i go and i prepare a place for you and where i am there you're going to be also mm mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Right?
0: <laughs> Isn't <laughs> it interesting seat. how I know people who say I got my, or, or even when they know their salvation date. They know where they were. I know where I was mm-hmm. and so forth and basically what time it was. But but they know the date, you know, and I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> That's not me. But if you know me well, you know I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. What? So anyway, um, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of situation where, I believe if we are obedient and if we love God and we receive His love, we grow into our calling, many of us. I grew into my calling. I didn't have, I didn't hear the phone ring and hear Holy Spirit saying, This is God, we've decided <laughs> that you're going to do this. You know, well, I just, I had to do it. I felt compelled to get into full-time ministry. Mm. And and again, this is my life calling. People, if they follow their passion, which obviously you have, and we're gonna have to talk about that later. I love what you do, Okia, and I'm not gonna spoil it by telling people what that is, but I do want you to come back, if you don't mind, and let's, let's explore what you do and talk a little bit more about how you've changed the world with your ministry. And you have, and just as I have and just as other people who walk in obedience to the Lord. <clears throat> we all change the world. Okay. There's no question about it. Some of us change it for the better and some of us change it for the worse. But <laughs> you have definitely made a huge positive impact in the world mm. uh, and are still doing that. I love it um, it's exciting what you do. And so you guys are just going to have to wait a while to find out what that is. Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks, I speak every other week. Pastor Walt speaks, uh, in between and, uh, so okay i just want to thank you so much again i love you i just want to ask god's blessing upon you uh, you. your you um i know that you've you've struggled with uh the effects that your childhood has brought upon you so i just pray health over your body mind and spirit and lord i just ask ask a special blessing upon my sister she has been such a blessing to all who have met her today lord and just kiss her in a special way today In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm. And so thank you again, folks, for listening. God bless you. Come back again next week. Bye-bye now. There you go.